again in uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27. The more we build all of this teaching out, the harder it becomes to um, review. And so I'm going to try to jump in and get as quickly as possible to where we ended on last um, Wednesday evening talking about holding fast our confession of hope. And um, I'm excited about some of the things the Lord is um, is teaching us and revealing to us, and I appreciate you having an open heart and mind to um, receive and maybe look at things a little differently than, than perhaps you have uh, in the past. So Colossians 1 and 27, it says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We've made the point from both Old Testament and New Testament scriptures that God's glory is your origin and your destiny. And that His glory was upon us at creation. And we know that we sinned and fell short of that according to the scriptures. But that now His glory in us is our destiny. And the glory that Father God gave to Jesus as a man when the uncreated Son of God came to live and breathe among us as a human being. He emptied himself of the glory that he had as the eternal uncreated Son of God and took upon himself a glory that his Father had given to him. And we see in John the 17th chapter that he asked the Father to give that glory to you and to me. And so there are all kinds of verses that verify and confirm this. We have a treasure in an earthen vessel so that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of us. Um, amen. As he is, so are we in this world. And, and just verses that we have looked at already and ones that we will look at uh, more closely in the days ahead. Now, um, we said that um, from the Amplified Version, we see that it's Christ within and among you the hope of realizing the glory. Now, on last week, see if you uh, remember this, I said there was one word that I wanted you to think of first when you heard the word hope. Anybody remember? Expectation. Now, hope is more involved than expectation, but I think if we, you know, we'll begin to see hope as expectation, it'll really help us better lay hold of and understand the scriptures, and there are a lot of them that speak to and speak of uh, having hope in our lives. And so as you read the scriptures, when you come across the word hope, say the word hope, and then say the word expectation, and read the verse with the word hope in it, then read the verse with the word expectation in it. And so here's a classic example of this, Christ in you, the expectation of glory. Do, do you see how you know, it, it further defines, um, and of course the Amplified Version really digs into this, it's, it's the hope or the expectation of realizing the glory of God in our lives. Now, Philippians 4 and 6 is another key verse that we've uh, looked at often. Um, did I say Philippians 4, 6? Philippians verse 6, there's only one chapter in, in Philippians. And there we're instructed to acknowledge every good thing that is in us. 
acknowledge every good thing that is in us. And so acknowledging it means to, uh, to, to recognize and to, uh, you know, embrace these things. And so from this, we've referred to the good things that are in us as new birth realities, things that are a reality inside of you now because you've been born again. And of course, we're seeing these inward realities of the new birth. Stay with me now. I know I'm, I'm just kind of jumping through this as much as, as quickly as I can. But the inward realities of the new birth becoming an outward expression of life. And there's all, if, so let's go to this one. Christ in you, the expectation of glory. Glory being realized or glory being manifested in your life means God working through your life in supernatural ways. We see that the glory that was given to Jesus that has now been given to you and me was manifested in every miracle that he performed on this earth as a man. So we're talking about Christ in us providing a reasonable expectation of the glory of God being uh, realized and experienced in our lives. Now, this is, this is a, a key part of this, and we were running a little short on, on time last week, and I want to I go back to this idea of acknowledging and expecting, okay? And we said both acknowledging and expecting are functions of the mind. You acknowledge with the mind, and then once you've acknowledged with the mind, you take it a step further, and you acknowledge by speaking it out of your mouth, that, that you acknowledge it and, and you verbalize it. This is extremely important. And again, things that we see all throughout the Scripture. We also see that expectation is something that we do, again, with the mind. We, we expect things with our mental capacity, with our mental um, uh, you know, faculty. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. You're a three-dimensional being. Again, you have a spirit. I'm sorry. You are a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a physical body. And so your soul is the part of you that thinks, feels, and chooses. Your soul is your mind, emotions, and will. So when we talk about expecting, when we talk about acknowledging, we're talking about things that we do with the mind. And what we see from Scripture is that is that God will help you in the areas of your uh, mind and in the areas of your thinking, but you have to cooperate together with Him. Um, anytime uh, a function of your mind is involved, and that's because He didn't create you to be a robot, but He created you with a free will to think for yourself and to choose for yourself. Now, 
I don't recommend you thinking without Him or making choices without Him. But if you would like to live your life that way, you certainly can. But we, we do not want to have thoughts in our mind that, that do not line up with the thoughts He has in His mind where our lives, our families, our futures are concerned. So this is why he says, as born-again believers, we have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ, again, is a new birth reality. It's something that has been given to you, amen, um, because of the new birth, all right? But, you know, there's a lot of folks who have been given the mind of Christ, but they don't understand how to tap into the mind of Christ and benefit from the mind of Christ. But praise God, that's, that's what we're doing here on Wednesday nights. We're, we're learning about these things and others, okay? Am I going too fast for you? Now, this is, this is where we left off on uh, last Wednesday. And um, I, I like to simplify this by using my hands, okay? And so I'm going to make a, bring, interlace my fingers together, because some folks listen and they don't watch, so... I'm bringing my hands together, and I'm, I'm making a, a small ball with my right and left hand together. And I want you to think of that as, as your spirit. And, and since we're all born again here tonight, I want you to think of that as, a, as your born-again spirit. That's the part of you that was born a second a, a time, or I say second time, you were born a second time. The old spirit that was in you before was buried with Jesus, and when you were born again, he put a new spirit in you that was born of an incorruptible seed. Amen. And that's why the Bible says this part of you as a born-again believer was created again in true righteousness and holiness. And there's so much the Bible has to say about your born-again spirit. This is where all of those... Um, let's, let's look at a few verses, okay? Uh, he has given to you all things that pertain to life and godliness, okay? Where are those things? In your born-again spirit. He has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, okay? Where are those things? They're in your born-again spirit, okay? And uh, by his stripes you were healed, okay? Wh where is that healing? It's, it's in your born-again spirit. You may be here tonight and your ankle's hurting, okay? And you think, well, I must not, I must not be healed. No, you were healed, you were healed, and healing is in your born-again spirit. The, 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 the challenge, the assignment, is how do we get healing for our ankle from our born-again spirit where it resides into our ankle where it's needed? Come on now. An inward reality of the new birth becoming an outward expression of life. So all these things that I'm, that I'm talking about here, you were made free. You were born again free. You were born again righteous. You were born again wealthy. You were born again healed. All of this true about you in your born again spirit. How about it's Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Where is the kingdom? He says the kingdom is within you. The very kingdom of God is within your born again spirit. This glory that we've talked about and we've made the case for week after week after week, where is it? It's in your born-again spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is in your born-again spirit. If you're born again, the Holy Spirit and your born-again spirit have become one spirit. You become one with God. If you're born again tonight, you have become and have been made one with God. 
right? Now, I got all kinds of directions that I'm being, being pulled in tonight because it's just a lot of good stuff here. Let me say this. We may have to come back to it at a later date. But the Bible is very clear. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. They are without repentance. Is, is how it reads in the King James Version, irrevocable in the New King James Version. I got multiple versions. We'll make that case at a later date from the Scriptures. But the, the simple point that I'm wanting you to realize now is that once you were born again and Father God gave you all of these good things, He's not ever taking them back. He's not ever taking them back. Now, acknowledging every good thing that is in you, as we've already established, this is something that we do with, with the mind. You acknowledge with the mind, and then you, then you say out of your mouth, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you've been born again, you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and so you don't find in the Scriptures a command, in the New Testament anyway, to be righteous. But instead, He tells us to awake to righteousness. An awakening. Well, how are you going to awake to a new birth reality? It's got to begin. And anybody remember the ABCs of salvation? Anybody ever taught that Romans roadmap to salvation? You must acknowledge, you must believe, you must confess. Okay? Well, the Bible says, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in Him. And, and walking in Him certainly would include walking in obedience and, and walking in righteousness. But listen to me now. Uh, too many preachers in too many pulpits haven't gone far enough to explain to us what it means to walk in Jesus. To walk in Jesus means to, among other things, walk in the glory that Jesus walked in while He was on this earth as a man. Walking in Him, walking in Jesus, means mirroring the, the life that Jesus lived while he was on this earth as a man. Now, notice though, how do, we, how do we do that? We do that by the same means we received him. We received him by acknowledging, you know, that we were a sinner, but also acknowledging that he's our Savior, believing that he's the Son of God, and, and confessing out of our mouths that we believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. Acknowledge, believe, confess. Acknowledge, believe, confess. Well, if we're going to walk in these new birth realities that are already yours, already been given to you, okay, we're going to do it the same way. We've got to acknowledge, right, that they're there. We've got to believe that they're there. We've got to believe that these things are true about us because God says they are. And we've got to confess, right? There's one, there's one here that is um, assumed but or implied but let's make sure we state it. Before you can ever acknowledge a new birth reality in you, you've you got to hear it. Faith by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So you've you got to have somebody, right, Holy Spirit, ultimately working through other people, working through the Word of God. You've got to have somebody that, that points out to you, listen, this is true about you right now, and it's true about you right now not because you've earned it or been good enough or deserved it or have paid for it, it's because Jesus paid for it, and he's given you these things freely. They're all in your born-again spirit right now. This is why, and, and so we talk from the first parable in Matthew 13, 
in discipleship class this evening. But Jesus goes back to back to back to back to back with all these parables. Then he looks at the disciples in, in verse 50, Matthew 13, I think it's verse 50. He says, um, he says you, you guys got all this. You, you, you have all this and understand all this. They say, oh, yes, sir, we, we got it. Jesus still trapped. Got it. You know. and, and then Jesus, this is what Jesus says to them. He says, message translation. He says, every disciple who has been perfectly trained in the kingdom is like the owner of a general store who's able to put his hands on anything that anybody needs anytime they need it. Anything anybody needs anytime they need it. New and old. Okay? All right. So where is all that? Kingdom's in you. Anything that anybody needs anytime they need it is in the kingdom. The kingdom rule, the kingdom realm, the kingdom reign, the kingdom resources. I'm not being funny when I say this. I live in a very nice home and I live in government housing. Not U.S. government, kingdom government. Kingdom government. Are you with me? Okay. So, in other words, what Jesus was pointing out to them is, boys, don't, don't get too excited about what you think you know right now because when you really do know this, this is how you'll be able to live your life. Let's, let's go back to Jesus. Uh, obviously, when his father instructed him to, but was Jesus able to put his hands <laughs> on anything that anybody needed anytime they needed it? Absolutely. If they needed new eyeballs, got them. If they needed food because they had gotten so enthralled in his teaching that they hadn't eaten for a day and a half, yeah, we, we got that too. All-you-can-eat buffet. Are, are you seeing all this, right? Where, where, where is all this stuff coming from? Is it coming from a convoy of 18-wheelers Jesus had hid behind uh, you, you know, the hill over there that nobody knew about? Is that where it's coming from? Did it come from a Publix or, or, or a, a, a grocery store and Aldi's? Did he just go buy every piece of bread and every piece of fish within three counties? No, it came out of him. It was a manifestation of the glory of God that was in him. And that same glory is in you tonight. I know that we've probably said something similar to this already as many times as we've talked about this and touched on this, but it really rose up in me strong again today. And that's the difference between acknowledging something and producing something. See, I think, I think when we hear acknowledge, we, you know, I don't know what our, our maybe I'm just speaking for myself here. Um, if I point out to you that there's a wooden pulpit in front of me, it, it, it was already here. I'm just acknowledging its existence. I'm, I, am, I am publicly stating that it is a fact that there is a wooden pulpit in, in front of me right now. I'm, I'm just acknowledging it. I am recognizing that it's, that it's there. When he says for you and me to acknowledge every good thing that's in us, he's saying, listen, I'm not asking you to produce these things. I'm asking you to recognize their existence in you, to acknowledge it. All right, let's... So all these good things 
are in your born again spirit. But we're talking about we're talking about an outward experience, an outward expression, an outward actually enjoying outwardly these things that are in us inwardly. Amen. Now, we need a way. Stay with me now. We need a way, watch me now, to get what's in here out here. I'm trying to make this as plain. How do we get what's in here out here, which is our outward life reality, our body, spirit, soul, body. Well, because you were designed to live from the inside out, it's, it's about this, these inward realities in your born-again spirit flowing from deep inside of you outward. And verse after verse after verse, how about counsel, wisdom, in in a in a heart of is in a heart of man, and it must be drawn drawn out like like water from a well. Okay, so how do we how do we draw this out of us? And by the way, I don't want to trivialize it, but this this is the potential that's in you. Do you realize that you can live your entire life, and sadly people do, they live their entire life born again with little to zero knowledge of these new birth realities. In other words, because they've never read the Bible or they've never sat under a a pastor or a teacher who's explained these things to them and pointed them out from, from Scripture, or they don't have a ready heart to hear it, if they have heard it or read it, they live their whole life with the glory of God inside of them and never experience it, never enjoy it, never express it. Live their whole life as a slave to sin, as someone who doesn't know God, and the whole time they've been just as free from sin as Jesus. Are you following what I'm saying? Because again, the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. So he's not, he's not, he's not going to take these things away from you. you. You can live your whole life and never acknowledge they're in there. Never experience, never enjoy, never express. But it doesn't, it doesn't mean they're not there. Aren't you glad he's got more than a hundred year plan for our lives? <laughs> Amen. Because, because now remember, these things are eternal. The, the covenant that you have with God and, and, and the oneness that you have with Him right now uh, is, is the same covenant and the same oneness that you will be enjoying the benefit of a thousand years from now. I like to say it this way. What we've been given right now and the access that we have with God right now and the operating agreement called a blood covenant that we have with God right now will not have to be modified at all to accommodate life on, per, on, on golden streets and, and pearly gates when we get to heaven one day. That's, what, that's what's in you now. Okay. All right, now. 
let me let me give you an an Old Testament example, right? When God instructed His people, or I say instructed, reminded and corrected them, because He had already taught them about tithing, they had just stopped doing it. So in Malachi, He speaks to them again about tithing, and He says, "Will a man rob God?" He says, but you have robbed me. And you say, well, how have we robbed you, God? He says, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. Because 10% of your increase, God says, is his. And if you spend it, if I spend it on myself, I have robbed it from God. Wow. And then he says, I want you to prove me now in this with the tithe. And watch this, he says, and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out upon you blessings that you do not have room enough to contain. So he's talking about opening a window from his world that would provide passageway for things that are on his side and in his world through to you and me on our side and in our world. See if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out upon you blessings you do not have room enough to contain. Are you, are you following me now? Okay. All right, now. <clears throat> Where is all of those resources and that kingdom now. It's not three heavens away. It's in your belly. See, now it's, it's not that we need a, a window, um, you know, between the third heaven and the lower atmosphere so that these things would drop out of the sky on us, but we need an opening so that the kingdom of heaven that's in us and all that's the wealth and riches and wisdom and resources that's in that kingdom can can flow from oh, praise God can can flow from that born again spirit through now see it's got to pass through your 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 mind your soul your the mind's the driving force of the soul and make its way to this outward part of you so we said last week that expectation are you with me now expectation creates an avenue for new birth realities to come out of your born-again spirit into your outward life reality Holy Spirit said it to me a different way. He said, expectation of these things, by the way, it begins with acknowledging. You'll never ex expect what you fail to acknowledge. Are you with me? So for some of you, it's like, man, this, I've never heard anything like this, Pastor Mark. I'm, I'm going to have to search it out on my own. I mean, I'm sure it sounds good. I mean, it's in the Bible, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, listen, your own pace. Holy Spirit, just walk with you as much as you, slow or as fast as you want to go. Amen. Um, but 
it's, it has to begin with acknowledging. And by the way, it's not just, I'm, I'm talking a lot about the mind because the mind is what encapsulates the born-again spirit. And if it's, if it's ever going to pass from the spirit to the, to the flesh, to the ankle where we need the healing, it's going to have to pass through the mind. And, and see, what happens is our, our minds, you know, God's trying with the Holy Spirit inside of us, He's trying to help us open these windows and we allow our own rationalization to close the window every time, you know, we, ex- we, we start expecting and believing God. And then, you know, then the, the, the enemy uses doubt to try to close the window. Don't get your hopes up, is what the world says, right? Uh, and, 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 and this kind of mindset and approach to these things. So in the same way that expectation will open the window, um, failing to expect, failing to acknowledge. And so... One of the ways that we solidify thought, the Bible says take no thought by saying. When, when we acknowledge something in our minds that's true in our born-again spirit, we need to finish by confessing it. Notice now, spirit, soul, and body. New birth realities, acknowledging them, now we're confessing. Where do, where do I confess? I confess with my mouth. With the mouth, the mouth is a part of what? The body. As a matter of fact, it's not just part of the body. It, it is the driving force or the factor in the body. The mind is the driving force in the soul. The tongue, what you say with your physical organ of your tongue, is the, is the determining factor of your outward life reality. So when you combine an acknowledging of I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus with a confession, I am now just as right with God before God as Jesus is right before God before God. See, now I've gone from spirit, soul, body, and I'm speaking it out of my mouth. Expectation works the same way. Now watch this. expectation, this is from the Holy Spirit, you search it out in the scriptures, okay? Expectation places a demand on the new birth realities in the born-again spirit. Expectation places a demand on those new birth realities. See, you, you, you acknowledge, you believe, you confess the glory of God. I have a treasure in my earthen vessel, the same glory that operated in the life of Jesus has now been given to me according to John 17. I've been made one with the Father and Jesus is in me and, and I'm in Him and the Father's in Jesus and, and, and Jesus is in the Father and now they refer to this whole package as an us unit. I'm acknowledging that I believe this, I'm confessing this, now I'm starting to expect the fruit of this to start showing up in my life. Say, I'm placing a demand. Expectation places a demand on the born-again spirit. Now, let me, let me say this last part, and, and I'll finish right here, okay? Yes, Lord. Two parts, okay? I'll be quick with both of them, and we'll build on them next week. I never got to hold fast the confession of your hope. Hold fast the confession of your hope. Man, so much, so much, so much, so much. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I'm doing it on purpose now, Pam. She, she's at camp. I, I develop all these quirks when I pray.
preach and teach. And like I used to like, I used to like, I would get really excited about preaching and I would sit here until I just had my pants pulled up, you know. And um, so, amen, I quit doing that. Um, but I've started like, and I, it's because like when I'm praying or when I'm meditating or concentrating, a lot of times I do that with my eyes closed. You know, that's, that's kind of like me communicating and communing and fellowshipping with, you don't have to have your eyes closed. And when I'm driving down the road, I don't um, most of the time. But um, so, you know, she pointed out to me at camp. She says, Are, is your, do you have a headache? Do I need to pray for you? What's wrong? I'm like, no, baby, I'm fine. She goes, why do you keep closing your eyes so tight when you're talking to these young people? I'm like, I didn't know I was. You know what I'm saying? And I just caught myself doing it. But I'm doing it on purpose right now. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. What, what do you think the average born-again person's expectations are for their born-again life. I, I, I could say it in tongues better. Okay. Let, let me, let me, you disagree with me, but I've been around, I've been doing this a long time. The average expectation for a born-again man or woman a saved man or woman, at least here in the United States, ones that I'm most familiar with, the average and expectation is not going to hell. I've been saved, so I don't expect to go to hell. In this order, I don't expect to go to hell, and I hope. <laughs> now, for some, it's not expectation. It's just it's wishful thinking, right? I'm, I'm, hope, I'm wishing. I sure don't want to go to hell. And that's sadly the extent of the demand the average born-again person's expectation is placing upon the new birth realities in their born-again spirit are you seeing this they're not, they're not they don't they acknowledge that that they've been made righteous and are just as right before God in the eyes of God as Jesus. They have not acknowledged that. Nobody's even explained it to them. Or if they have, they haven't listened or don't care. They're not expecting to grow from faith to faith in righteousness. And, and, amen, stand with me. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now, it's easy to talk about what the average person is expecting. If, if what I'm telling you is true, and I believe it is, search it out in the Scriptures. If, if your expectation either places a demand or does not place any demand at all on the new birth realities in your born-again spirit, right, then, then do you see why the devil, this is why the devil is, is trying so hard to attack us on the hope side of all of this. And the whole time he's had us thinking that there was some issue with our faith. Listen to me now. I'm convinced. The more and more I'm looking at this, 
believing God and being a man or a woman uh, of faith is not nearly as hard as the devil's trying to make us think it is. And it's almost like he's had us so focused on, we've got to get this faith right, man. We got, well, I don't know what it is. We've got to, we've got to believe and not doubt and all this other stuff. And, 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 and man, you know, if, if, as soon as we believe God and then the next minute we doubt and it just undoes it all and does it blah, blah, blah. I don't believe the Bible teaches that. I believe the vulnerability has nothing to do with faith. It has everything to do with hope. It has, the vulnerability is the hope. It's the expectation. Faith receives what grace has already given. Yes, but then hope expects what faith has already believed. The Lord told me something today changed my life forever. You ready? He said, every mountain you have ever spoken to moved the moment you spoke to it. (laughs) Hold on a second, Lord. He said, every mountain you've ever spoken to moved the moment. I'm like, well, why didn't I see it move? Because you didn't continue expecting it to. Every, see, we think, See, then we come to, and this is why, hold fast your confession of hope to the end. Do you realize how many fake preachers have tried to say that? That ain't hope. That's supposed to be faith. They got it wrong there. Hold fast your confession of faith. See, once you make the confession of faith, it establishes it in the spirit realm. It moves in the spirit realm. It changes in the spirit realm. I heard Brother Copeland say this one time. He, He said, the Lord told him, he said, Lord, why aren't all these people getting healed? He said, healing comes every time. Healing comes every time. Manifest every time. We're sitting here trying to fine-tune faith, 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 and thinking hope is just like, oh, everybody hopes. We've we got that hope thing. No, the hope's where we're vulnerable. Hope is where it's not changing fast enough, and so we start expecting something else. Okay, more on that to come as well. Father, you're good to us. Our hope's in you. <laughs> Our hope's in you. Father, the mountains that that we have spoken to in our lives, we expect them. Father, we've already believed. We've already believed. And so now, we expect, just like Jesus expected that fig tree to be dried up the next day. He killed it when he spoke to it the day before. Father, I thank you that, Lord, just take what you're saying to us tonight and as only you can by your Holy Spirit, meet it out to us as individuals, wherever we may be, so that we might all benefit and grow from it. In Jesus' name, amen. You're loved if nobody's told you that today. Thank you for being here. Good things coming, good things coming, good things coming. Pick, pick a new birth reality and start acknowledging it every morning, every day at lunch, every day, day at supper, every night you go to bed. Acknowledge it. Amen. Out of your mouth. Good things coming.